Hello everyone, it's me, I'm back, it's Logan, and I'm back with another episode, surprisingly within the same week as the last episode went up, so that's crazy to think, right? Uh, I realized, I've been looking through my library here, and I realized that I've been uh, doing this podcast, or, or at least I started doing the podcast over a year ago. Uh, I think it was August 29th, 2017, and I realized that I hadn't really done what I wanted to do with it yet, uh, which was just kind of make a consistent, I guess, training schedule for, for me, because if, if you're new to the podcast, then, uh, know that the, the primary use, uh, reason I'm making this podcast is to help me with, uh, speaking long form. Because if you didn't know, my uh, conversations that I have are very limited, and I and I'm not very good at talking for long periods of time. Oftentimes, I'm either uh, interrupted, ignored, or just don't know what to say. That the last one is definitely the majority. But uh, this is definitely helping me a lot, and I realize I need to be doing it a lot more for it to actually be helpful. So I'm going to be doing it a lot more. I'm making that promise, and especially since I'm going to be uh, starting a new job next week, it'll be uh, helpful for me to be able to actually talk to people. So, yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, today I'm going to be talking about Fire Emblem, which is a video game series on uh, the Nintendo devices. I believe it's just on Nintendo. Um... I'm not exactly sure. Also, there's a mobile game out, and I'll talk about that as well. Um, so, uh, I, I will preface this by saying that my Fire Emblem experience is probably nothing like the experience that you've had uh, if you've played some of the Fire Emblem games. Uh, I was roped in by one of the games, and then just kind of played from there. I have not played all of them. I haven't. I've only played, like, four games and I've only finished, I think, two of them. So, uh, I do apologize if this doesn't really relate to you, but it is something that I love and love to talk about. And quite frankly, Fire Emblem the Sacred Stones, which I will talk about first, was one of the like most influential experiences of my life, and I'll get to that pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it, shall we? Um, so... Fire Emblem. Hadn't heard of it. Uh, it was 2005, I want to say. It was the summer of 2005. I was 10, I want to say 10, going on 11. Uh, and uh, we were going on a trip, I believe. Um, and so uh, my mom, my sister, and I went to Toys R Us. (laughs) That's kind of sad to think now. Uh, We went to Toys R Us, and we went to the video game section, and uh, we both had Game Boy SPs at that point, so Game Boy Advance SPs, the one that flips open. And uh, we, or my mom asked, um, my mom asked the uh, clerk there, what are some good multiplayer games that uh, that, that we could play together. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, portable devices aren't very good for multiplayer, especially the Game Boy Advance. Um, 
I think there were some good, like, we had played, uh, Legend of Zelda The Four Swords, or just Four Swords, um, that's probably one of the best Game Boy Advance multiplayer games, because it's co-op, and you can do your own thing, and it's, it's really fun, I think, but that's a different subject, so, uh, we had played that a, a lot, but we were getting kind of bored of it, which is why we were going to Toys R Us to ask for different multiplayer games. And uh, the guy said, okay, well, uh, what systems do you have? And we said Game Boy Advance. And he said, oh, well. Um, so uh, he suggested to us, I believe it was F-Zero GT or something like that. It was an F-Zero game for the Game Boy Advance. And uh, so we got two copies of that. And, and, you know, at that time, we had to have two copies of the game in order to play multiplayer. Uh so we got two copies of the F-Zero game, and he also suggested this game called Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. Um, he said it did have a multiplayer aspect of it, as well as a really good storyline. And it was really good and challenging, and even the guy there said he couldn't get past, like, level 15 or something like that. So we said, okay, let's do it, let's, let's get it. And uh, so we brought all those games home... <laughs> after buying four games total, and, uh, we started playing them. My, uh, I, I believe, uh, my mom suggested that we should each open just one of them that just test it out to see how it, how it goes. And so my sister started playing Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones, and I started playing F-Zero, and we kind of switched off, and, uh, my sister definitely didn't like the F-Zero game. Uh, and I didn't really, you know, it was fun for a little bit, but it, it kind of grew old after a little bit. It's because you're going so fast, man. It's, <laughs> you know, maybe if I try it now, I'd, I'd like it better. But, um, so the, the one opened copy of, of Sacred Stones, I started playing too, and I really, really liked it. And I, I liked the, uh, the fact that you could kind of control your characters in it in a turn-based system, and, you know, I had come off of playing Civilization, uh, which is turn-based, and so, you know, I liked that. I liked that strategic move your units around and, uh, defeat the enemy kind of thing, and I also liked the storyline they had going, too, because, you know, I, I hadn't really taken part in much, like, medieval fantasy storyline by that point, uh, so, um, uh, so, uh, what was I getting at? So, so we were both playing on that one copy and then my mom and my sister were like, well, if you like it so much, then, you know, we should actually use it as, you know, what we got it for. So go ahead and, and open the other, uh, the other copy of Fire Emblem and let's play together. And, but I didn't want to because I was on like chapter six or something by that point, And I was like, no, I don't want to start over again. And, uh, but, uh, I think my sister said, like, like, well, what, what, what are you doing in, in the game? Did you, like, how are you, how are you doing in the game, I guess, is, is, like, what I said. It's like, you know, I have about four units left. I've let a few of them die, but, you know, we're, we're, we're a good team. And she said, you've let your units die? And she was incredulous at that, and, and I learned, you know, the reason why she was incredulous at that, and, uh, yeah. 
Fire Emblem is a game where you do not let your characters die. Uh, so, um, I, I learned that fairly quickly, and I, and I, uh, begrudgingly opened the other copy of Fire Emblem the Sacred Stones and started playing that version. And so that was mine, and so I could play it whenever I wanted, which was really nice, because I quickly got addicted to it, and, um, so yeah, it was, it was very, very fun. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, so, uh, we were both playing that in tandem. I believe I finished it first. Uh, and let's see. Oh, yeah. So, Fire Emblem the Sacred Stones, to give a more general overview of it, is, uh, the, I want to say, sixth game in the Fire Emblem series. Uh, so, a little more general. This is not my personal experience, but, um... I believe there were four Fire Emblem games in the in Japan uh, before Roy was put into uh, Smash Brothers Melee, and people liked him so much and were really really interested about the franchise. Same with uh, Ness, I believe from from Earthbound, that they decided to port um, some of the games over here and. Uh, I don't think Earthbound did as well as they, they wanted to, but I know Fire Emblem did really, really well in the U.S. Uh, so much so, actually, that one of the later games, I believe, released here before it did in Japan, which is kind of cool. Uh, but, uh, so, so they released, um, what they called Fire Emblem in the U.S., which I believe was Fire Emblem 5 which was called the Binding Blade, or the Blazing Blade, or something like that. I don't, I don't exactly remember, I'm sorry. Uh, but then the, the second Fire Emblem game they released was called Fire Emblem The Sacred Stones. And both Fire Emblem and The Sacred Stones were on the GBA. Uh, and um, so, uh, and also, most of the Fire Emblem games, they're kind of like Final Fantasy uh, where they have kind of the same mechanics in them, but they don't take place in the same universe, so they're not sequels, exactly. A couple of them are. Like, Radiant Dawn is, like, the direct sequel to Path of Radiance, and, uh, I, and I think a lot of them have that first Fire Emblem, the one with Marth, uh, as, like, uh, way, way, way back in the past. It's kind of like what Zelda did with uh, Breath of the Wild being a very, very long uh, sequel to Ocarina of Time. There are a few Easter eggs in there. But Nintendo likes to do that, I've noticed. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. So, um, and Sacred Stones was its own story. There haven't been any other Fire Emblem games that... Uh, have taken place in that same world. There might have been a couple Easter eggs or something, um, but none of the other games have, you know, been in that same universe, I guess. Uh, so, you know, it, that was kind of tough for me to realize, that he, that you'll never have a, a sequel to that game. Um, and, you know, as a kid, at, like, 11 years old, uh, it, it was... You know, the fir my first inter introduction to medieval fantasy, and probably one of the first introductions to 
kind of a uh, a sad plot line. It had a very sad ending, actually, and I, I don't really want to get into it because spoilers, but um, it 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 was it the, the ending made me cry, and uh, I wasn't really prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for an emotional ending like that. And if I were to to play it today, you know. In a, in a new light, I guess it, it probably wouldn't affect me as much. But like I said, I was you know an eleven year old kid in a in a fiction vacuum, if that makes any sense. I hadn't had any exposure to this kind of emotional writing before. Uh, you know, I hadn't played Kingdom Hearts. I hadn't, pl- I hadn't played Final Fantasy. I hadn't played even Ocarina of Time by that point. Uh, most of my games that I played were civiliz- Civilization, where it's completely emotionless overview of an entire civilization or super mario which you know doesn't really have a plot line <laughs> uh so yeah i wasn't used to it and so it affected me really really deeply and uh and the music is partly to blame for that i think because uh you know even looking back now i think the music was pretty good even though it was, you know, it was very electronic-y, and, but even listening to it now, that, that reminds me of a time in my life when I was playing the game. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's actually pretty cool what feature they added to the game. So they, they actually had, like, a, a shuffle function. They, they had a, an entire sound library of all the different scores, and, uh you could set it on shuffle and you could just let it go through the entire library at random uh, while you were listening to it. And I remember a couple road trips or at least one where I would listen to that. I would just get my Game Boy SP and play it and play the Fire Emblem Sacred Stones soundtrack, basically, Uh, which was really, really cool. And like a decade before... Smash Bros. for the 3DS did that, you know, so if you thought Smash Bros. was innovating when they were doing that, they weren't. They had the idea a lot longer before that. Sound kind of like a combination of Jerry Seinfeld and James from Pokemon. That's beside the point. Um, so yeah, Sacred Stones definitely affected me a lot, and, uh, you know, it, the plot really got to me, and I didn't really know what was going to go on, and I was really invested in all the characters, and there's this mechanic called support, where you can have the characters uh, have conversations with each other on the battlefield. And that would, I believe, actually, I don't think it did anything in this game other than just show you different facets of the character. I know in later games it actually helps their uh, like battle prowess, like if they're next to each other on the battlefield, then that'll that will, uh, like, boost their stats. Uh, but, um, but yeah, in this, it was just kind of different, uh, you know, little windows into their, their relationships and their, uh, their characters. So, it, it, that was really cool for me to see, and also just talking with my sister, she completed the game, and, uh, just seeing, like, what we knew of the characters was, was really, really cool. And especially since, uh, yeah, I didn't mention this, but in Sacred Stones, there's a point at like chapter seven or so where uh, you the, the, 
there are two main characters, Erica and Ephraim, and they go their separate ways. They kind of go different ways around the continent in order to, uh, like, meet at the other side. I, I don't exactly remember why they decided to do that, but, um, uh, so, so they had different reasons for, for parting ways, but, uh, so, um, so uh, you had to decide which one you were going with, and you didn't really necessarily have to decide between the units you had, because whichever one you chose, all your units that you had, all your characters that you had met up to that point would go with you. Um, so she, so my sister chose Erica's side and I chose Ephraim's side. And, uh, I don't think there was any difference in difficulty, uh, but they were different levels, which was really cool. And I hadn't seen that before in a game. It's, it's almost like the, uh, uh, like, um, you know, different versions of a game like Pokemon does, uh, in one game. And I'd, I'd love to see more of that actually. But, uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, we, we played that and, I, to this day, I haven't actually played Erica's Route, and I, maybe I should do that on stream. Hmm. If that wouldn't be an emotional roller coaster for me. Because like I said, if I were to play it in a vacuum today, it probably wouldn't have affected me the way it did back then. But, you know, those are, those are the things. We can say that about a lot of things. Um, so anyway, that's a lot about Sacred Stones. Uh, ah, so fun. And that was one of the few Fire Emblem games that you could keep playing after uh, you were done, where you were free to roam the map and grind up levels if you wanted to, which is really nice, nice, and I played it a lot after I beat it. Uh, and there were some challenges in it, too. There was actually a lot to that game, come to think of it, and a lot of uh, play value after you complete the main story. I really like games that do that. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I could, I could talk about that specific game for hours. Uh, but, uh, I'll go on to other, other Fire Emblem games. So, um, okay. End of Sacred Stones. I'll take a water break real quick. Ah, uh, wasn't that great. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, the next Fire Emblem game I played was Fire Emblem Awakening. And that'll probably be more relatable to the audience because I think that's considered one of the best Fire Emblem games, if not the best. Probably the the best recent one. I don't know how people feel about Conquests, but I'll, I'll get to that later. But so Fire Emblem Awakening came out in February of either 2012 or 2013. But I remember... Uh, I, I remember... Um, going to, uh, I don't remember where, I think it was Best Buy, actually. Yeah, going to Best Buy with my mom. My mom was, uh, driving me to school at that point, and we stopped at Best Buy on the way home, and, um, I bought a 3DS XL with my own money. That was the first thing I had bought with my own money, uh, that I had been saving up. And, um, and Fire Emblem Awakening. And, and I had two reasons for doing, for buying the 3DS is, uh, the, the main reason was I knew that Pokemon was going to be releasing another game, uh, must've been that fall. So it must've been 2013, uh, that I got it. That, that would make sense. Okay. 
So, and I don't think they had even released the names yet of X and Y, uh, but I knew that there was going to be another Pokemon game in the future. In that fall, actually, I knew that it would be that fall. Uh, and so I wanted a 3DS for that. Um, but also doing more research for, like, you know, I don't want to just have the system and no games for, you know, six months or whatever it was. Yeah, that's right. It was spring break. It was spring break. I do remember that now. Important detail, I know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my mom and I went to Best Buy to get a 3DS XL. Blue 3DS XL. It was shiny. It was cool. It had two cameras on it, so it could be 3D. Uh, it could take 3D photos. Uh, and uh, we got Fire Emblem Awakening as well. Because as doing more research, I saw that, oh, this new Fire Emblem came, game came out. And it got really, really good reviews. And uh, I was like, you know, I hadn't played another Fire Emblem game since Sacred Stones since like eight years before or eight, seven years before. And I was like, you know what, if that puts th puts me through another emotional roller coaster, you know what, I'm ready for that again. Um, little did I know that the next few months would be quite the emotional roller coaster, not because of Fire Emblem, but that's another story. Uh, so... Uh, we, I got Fire Emblem, and I started playing it, and I really, really liked it. Uh, it was a completely different story. Wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, I take that back. That was not the next Fire Emblem game I played. Uh, yeah, okay. So, I'll, I'll put that on hold for a second. Okay, Fire Emblem Awakening, I'll get back to that. Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn for the Wii. I believe I got that for Christmas one year because they because my parents knew how much I liked Fire Emblem, so they got me this game called Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn, which, as you if you didn't know, is the direct sequel to Path of Radiance. Uh, but you can play it as uh, you can play it uh, having not played Path of Radiance, although it is it doesn't make as much sense then uh, as I would learn. So. Uh, I started playing Radiant Dawn, which was really good graphics, uh, and it was the same mechanics. Uh, I was a little lost because of the story, uh, but I really liked the cinematic scenes, which I wasn't used to seeing in a game, uh, the, the cutscenes. <laughs> and it's funny because I looked at them recently, and it's like, wow, that voice acting is atrocious. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of funny that I thought they were so cool at the time. Um, but no, Radiant Dawn is about, is, is the sequel where the main character was not in Path of Radiance, I guess, kind of debatably, because the main character shifts like in the middle, which is really, really weird. Um, so at first it's, it's Micaiah, who is a new character in Radiant Dawn, and uh, she has this bird friend who is also the goddess of chaos, uh, who eventually takes her over, I believe. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a spoiler, by the way. Um, and, uh, then she has this kind of boyfriend, but kind of not Soth, who I thought was really, really cool. And I was like, oh, I want to be him. And that's why I, uh, one of my usernames was Sothen Samaria. And I think that has another meaning, too, but I liked it because it sounded like Soth, uh, who is, like, the cool guy, the coolest character I've ever seen, you know, this cool assassin, sneaky guy. Um, 
so I, I really liked him. Uh, and he showed his midriff too. Yeah, but uh, that was beside the point. Uh, but then, so so you play as Soth and Micaiah and a few of their friends, I believe, um, that are in the town or whatever. I don't exactly remember the the plot. I should play it again, just just for grins. I should play Path of Radiance and then play Radiant Dawn again. Maybe I should stream Path of Radiance actually. Hmm, that might be interesting. Uh, but um, so. So I hadn't played Path of Radiance, so a lot of it didn't make sense to me, especially toward the middle of the game, where the main character shifts, like I said, back to Ike and uh, and his group. I, I don't remember what his group was called, but it involved uh, Soren and uh, the, the, the archer dude with his apprentice, and I think there are a few women, too. Um... Uh, I don't remember, but, uh, yeah, the, the one cinematic where they are preventing a hanging was so cool to me, I remember, because it introduced all the characters in a pretty cool way, graphically, uh, where they basically pull a end of Pirates of the Caribbean, and they like attack a hanging and then attack the, the guards uh, and prevent this person from being hanged. I don't even remember who the person was. I don't think he was even a main character. But uh, but yeah, so um, you had that group, and then that group and Soth and Micaiah eventually meet up, um, and then Micaiah is taken over by the goddess of chaos, and so then you had to basically defeat the goddess of order in order to... Uh, release Micaiah from the Goddess of Chaos. It was complicated. Fire Emblem stories are complicated, okay? Um, so I played Radiant Dawn, and I was not that impressed with it, to be honest, except for the cinematics. Uh, you know, it didn't affect me emotionally like Sacred Stones did. Um, so, yeah, uh, leading up to Fire Emblem Awakening then, I... You know, the fact that I completely forgot about it kind of speaks volumes about it. Um, uh, oh, and there was also... Oh, yeah, there was the Lagoos, which were, like, uh, uh, animal creatures. Yeah, I, clearly I don't remember too much about it, which kind of speaks a lot about it. But, but yeah, so that was the game in between Sacred Stones and Awakening. So to talk more about Awakening, um, I, I got it in my senior year of college, not college, high school, uh, and I started playing it, and I really liked it, I loved the character Krom, I, I, I really liked that you could, you were a character on the battlefield, like the protagonist was an actual character, and I also really liked the character, the design of his class, that you could use magic as well as a sword, I, I really, really liked that, I thought that was kind of a a drawback, a drawback to the uh, the uh, sacred stones, like mechanically, because you know you had some characters that could only use axes, or you had some characters that could only use swords, and, and there wasn't that much variety in there. Uh, but in Awakening, there was, and you could actually change classes depending on what you wanted. And I and I actually had a friend in college who <laughs> basically. Uh, bred for competition. Um, yeah. So, uh, um, so, so 
playing through Awakening, and the... I, I don't know how much to reveal. There's a time travel aspect of it, right? Uh, so, um... So there's a time travel aspect which kind of lets you uh, have kids. And by that I mean you can... Uh, it, I said it was basically a shipper's dream. Where all the characters you have from the present, uh, you can ship them, basically. You can, you can have them undergo support conversations up through uh, S. Which if they reached S then they were then they got married, and, um, uh, then it's revealed that there's this, this, uh, time gap where a bunch of the, the main character's kids from the future went back in time to the past, to, to the present, and, uh, so it's complicated, it, but, but it actually works, kind of, because it it makes sense, because the world is destroyed in the end, so you had all these all these main characters' kids uh, travel back in order to escape that. Um, uh, so you you know the the uh, so you could decide who would marry who essentially, which was really cool and really fun to just kind of see their conversations and and also uh, their their child, uh, which. Uh, unfortunately, is not as RNG as it as it should be. It's just uh, based on the mother. Uh, so each child is is linked to their mother, and but they change the color of the hair so that the color of their hair is is the same as their father's. Um, and in conquest, the opposite happens. But uh, so um, let's see. Uh, so Fire Emblem Awakening, so that was really fun to just kind of play around with, and I, like I said, I knew a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but some people in college who, uh, like, played the game breeding that way, so they put certain people with other certain people in order to, uh, like, pass on genetically their abilities, uh, and created, like, an ultimate killing machine for the end, for, for online competition, uh, which, you know, I, I was never into doing that kind of complicated stuff. I was in it just for the story. Um, and you know, I like the story. I like the fact that the actual main character, so you, are like, I don't exactly know. You're like, a well, I don't want to get into spoilers, but, but the main character's background is sketchy and a little bit at a time is revealed throughout the story, which is really, really cool. It's good pacing. Uh, and you eventually fight on top of a dragon. You eventually fight yourself on top of a dragon, I believe, if I remember correctly. But, um, <laughs> so that that may be a spoiler, But so I'm sorry. But I would recommend Fire Emblem Awakening. It's, it's probably the best one I've played, to be honest. Uh, the story's good. Uh, the... Um, vast amount of characters are good, uh, like, each character, some of them are, are kind of stereotypes, but getting into more of them as they have support conversations with each other is, is really cool, and you get to see a lot more facets of their conversation. In fact, I have a big coffee table book, as I like to call it, 
of the the art of Fire Emblem Awakening. And not only does it have, like, uh, the concept art of some of the characters, but it has every single support conversation in text in the book, which is really, really cool, and it's really cool to go through and, and see how some of the characters would interact with each other, or, like, what if this character had married this character, and so how would they interact with that child? Uh, it's it's really, really fun. Uh, let's see. Some of my favorite characters in that. Donald. Donald was my favorite character in, in Awakening, just because he literally started as, like, a... I, you know, uh, pre-evolution, I guess is one way to put it. He's basically the Pichu of the game, right? Where everyone is kind of a standard, uh, a standard unit. He's like the pre-standard unit. He's a villager with a pot on his head with like a spear he found in the, the dirt behind his house or something like that. His, his class is villager. But if you, if you do it right and you, you train him well, uh, you can get him to be one of your most powerful units, which is what I did. Uh, probably unintentionally, but I just kind of liked the underdog aspect of his of his character and the fact that he was kind of a pig farmer from the south, but but he could easily be one of your strongest characters, which is really, really cool, and I like that. And I paired him with Olivia, and it was cute to see their conversation involve uh, singing which is really fun. They, they connect over, over music. Um, uh, so, oh, and I also really, really like Lucina as a character. She's like, at the time, I thought like she is one of the strongest characters I've known to have to go through what she went through. And I won't go into spoilers, but, uh, uh, it's, uh, she goes through a lot and it evolves, it involves, losing people close to her, and also, like, ultimate destruction of the world around her. So, uh, and then to, you know, do the things she does for a period of two years uh, without telling anybody who she is has to be torture for her. And so that that was like, it's like, whoa, she's super cool. Uh, so she basically became the new Soth, I guess, uh, so, yeah, that's, that's been Fire Emblem Awakening, uh, for me. That, that was a really fun game. So much so that actually at a, uh, a, uh, this is kind of a, a long story for a, a short reward, but for a, uh, I was part of the honors college for my university, and I, I became one of the, like, peer mentors, one of the, the student leaders, I guess, uh, and, um, at, at, the beginning of the year retreat as a leader we would put like our our major on a, a whiteboard so that and and all the the incoming freshmen could come in and, and ask like hey what's it like to be this major or like you know I'm interested in, in looking into that major so can you tell me a little bit more about it just kind of allowing some of the students to just branch out and, and kind of free time to to talk majors and, and interests and and we were and yeah we were uh encouraged to put like interests like if you were interested in in like sports on campus or uh other activities like uh reading or video games or or uh you know certain clubs or something so i just like went off and put like uh if you want to talk to me about anything like pokemon or fire emblem awakening and some people came up and asked like 
how do you like Fire Emblem Awakening? Like, who did you put with, uh, with Tharja? And I said, I put Henry. And they said, oh, okay, that's an interesting choice. And it's like, we bonded over that, which is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, Fire Emblem Awakening. I, I still have yet to beat the Priam level. I will concede to that. But I did complete the main storyline, which is, which I'm really proud of. And it was really fun. It was, it, it almost made me cry. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, so yeah, I would heavily recommend that. If, uh, you're getting into Fire Emblem, uh, I would recommend that. that would, that's a good game. Uh, okay, so moving on to Conquests. Uh, so first of all, it was, it was really cool to see the fact that they were kind of pulling a Pokemon and having two different versions. Uh, you had, or yeah, I, it, it, ooh, excuse me, it's not Conquest, it's, uh, Fates, Fire Emblem Fates, and then there were two versions, Birthright and Conquest, uh, where if you don't know the story of it, um, this isn't spoilers, but you, uh, you as the main character are, uh, oh, what was it, Hoshino, Hoshido, that was, that was it, okay, so you are the crown prince of Hoshido, right, but at some point you are, I think, either kidnapped or you're lost or something, and adopted by a rival kingdom of Nor, N-O-H-R, uh, into the royal family, actually. So you kind of have, uh, you, you kind of have, uh, uh, both feet in, or one foot in each kingdom, I should say. Um, and, and you don't know about your Hoshidan heritage until, uh, the beginning of the game, where, and, and then at that point, you make a choice to either, uh, you know, go with the family you grew up with or the family that you were meant to be a part of. And, um, and if you, I believe if you bought like the deluxe package, you could actually make that choice. But if, but I just got conquest cause I, I knew another friend who had birthright and we wanted to, to do the thing where we could kind of collaborate and switch games, which we never did, but, uh, that's beside the point. Uh, so, um, so, uh, yeah, so I decided to stay with Nor since I did Conquest, so the, the side I had kind of grown up with. Um, and so it's there are different storylines. You, you meet different characters. Some characters don't even uh, appear or, or they even die at the end when you, when you go up against them. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't completed that game yet. Um, it's, it's really hard. And actually, I'm going to end this segment really quick because I need to go do something, but I will be right back in order to ask an ethical question for you real quick. Okay, so continuing on, I know this podcast is getting a little bit long, so I'll try to to hurry and wrap this up. But the ethical dilemma I have is I am currently playing, well, actually, I stopped playing uh, Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. Uh, I haven't played for... A couple years, I'll say, but I never finished the game, and I I know I got to close to the end. I know I'm over halfway. Lilith is dead, and I th- believe I'm in the Hoshiden capital actually. Uh, and uh, I know there are a few levels left, 
but um, I got to this one level that I could just not beat. I, I tried so many times, wished for luck on my side, but uh, uh, I just couldn't beat it, and I, and I, and I, and so the ethical dilemma I had is I'm playing on hard mode, which uh, is the, I think there's like, I think there's easy, normal, and hard, and I think easy version is the one where the characters don't die, um, and it, it's, it's not as, well, it's not as hard, obviously, but, uh, and I think normal mode is the characters do die, uh, but they, but it is, you know, they're, the enemies aren't as strong as in hard mode. I, th- I think that's how it goes, but, um, my ethical dilemma then, and it, and it kind of still is now, because I still want to beat the game, is do I keep going and try to beat it on hard, or do I take the difficulty down a level to normal? Uh, now, the game tells me that once I take the difficulty down, I cannot bring it back up. So I'm wondering if it's ethical to beat the game on a lower difficulty, or if that would be like against the rules or something, and I should just try a lot harder <coughs> on hard. So, uh, yeah, let me know <laughs> of that. Uh, Twitter is at HeartRightYT, or you can leave a comment in Anchor or on iTunes or whatever. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's, that's my dilemma there, because I really want to finish the game. But I also, you know, don't want to spend several hours of my life doing something, you know, that I don't need to do. So I'm wondering if it's okay to go down to normal. I'm leaning toward yes, but I would love some feedback on it. Uh, And then I can say that I finished Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. uh, Because I've never been able to say that. Um, So, let's see... Um, Fire Emblem Fates Conquest, uh, I'd love to talk about it more after I beat it, because that's clearly a goal that I have now, um, but I really like the fact that, you know, you have two families, two warring sides, I think that's kind of a cool shtick, even though it's, the story, like, isn't quite as strong or, or emotionally, uh, eye-catching, I guess, as Awakening, but, you know, it's it's a cool concept, and it's pretty fun. Uh, so, okay, so I want to talk about Heroes now, which I played for a little bit, but I couldn't play it for too long because it's the file size is just too big. Um, it can't fit on my phone, and I wonder if there's a way to play it on my computer. But, um, yeah, so Fire Emblem Heroes is actually a really, really good introduction to the Fire Emblem series. It's a really dumbed-down version of the mechanics. Uh, you're, uh, at least when I played it, you're introduced to um, the characters, uh, you know, one at a time, and it's it's not that overwhelming at first. It kind of introduces a little bit of a of the rock paper scissors thing, uh, but I think it only goes like I. Th- or I think everyone is is uh, given a color, I believe, and the colors are rock, paper, scissors, rather than in some of the games where uh, 
you know, uh, swords are good against axes, axes are good against lances, lances are good against swords, and then there's a magic triangle as well, or like two or three magic triangles, but it depends on if they're using a worm slayer or a, uh, a killing edge or something like that, but it's it's a lot more dumbed down in, in Fire Emblem Heroes. Not to say that it's a bad game, I actually had a lot of fun with it, uh, because it has its own storyline, uh, and, and that that ev- that involves its own characters, and it, it's kind of cool how they worked the uh, the the shtick of getting into other stories, uh, into and bringing in characters from past Fire Emblem games in it. That's kind of a, a cool thing to do, uh, and you can kind of collect them like trading cards. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would recommend that if you are uh, kind of wanting to jump into the Fire Emblem series but aren't really sure, uh, that, that's a good starting point. It's free on the, I know, Google Play and I assume uh, the iTunes App Store as well or whatever it's called, the Apple App Store. Uh, so I'm going to look into if I can play that on my computer and see if I can have more fun with that. That's the one thing about it, though, is that the file sizes are so big. I think it was like a couple gigs before I decided to just like no, I can't keep this on here. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was really fun. They have some events and stuff, and they're always adding new stuff. Nintendo's been doing really well with their with their mobile apps. They've been pretty fun, like uh, Mario Run and, and Pocket Camp and uh, Pokemon Go. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Fire Emblem has been kind of a constant in my life since fifth grade i i consider it you know at the time it, it almost seemed like there was a life before fire emblem sacred stones and a life afterward and i kind of hold to that because it definitely affected me emotionally and there have been few times i think the anime nisekoi was one of the only other times where it's like i feel like i'm a different person now that affected me so deeply uh so Maybe I could talk about that later, although that's still kind of recent, so I'm not sure if I could talk about that and keep a straight face. I don't know. But, um, so, that's been Fire Emblem. I've been playing the, uh, first one. And I, and I need, not the first one. Binding Blade, the one with Lin. Uh, I've actually been playing that on the Wii U Virtual Console. And that one's been pretty fun. It's kind of a blast from the past, because it was, you know made using the same graphics and, and music style and, and the same tools they had for Sacred Stones. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of a nostalgia trip there. That's kind of always fun to have. Uh, so I'd love to, to finish that. Um, and, you know, I'm through this talk, I've kind of been wondering if I should play some of the Fire Emblem series on stream, if I'm even allowed to. Uh, if, if you want me to, let me know. I'm uh, my Twitter is at HeartRightYT, uh, and my Twitch is twitch.tv slash HeartRightYT. Um, so if, if you really want to see me play some of the Fire Emblem games on stream, let me know, definitely. I'd be more than willing to. I've been trying to find games that I actually want to play, and, and Fire Emblem definitely falls into that category. Because uh, they've been really, really fun, and I've been talking for, about them for over 45 minutes now, and I could probably go on even farther, um, but I won't, because this podcast is getting a little bit long, so, uh, which is good on my 
part, right? Because I've been able to talk about it for this long. So that was my goal in the first place for this podcast. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'll talk more in depth about like Sacred Stones or Awakening. Uh, I don't know, in another podcast. I haven't, I haven't decided yet. But, uh, so, yeah, leave me any feedback, Le- uh, especially about the ethical dilemma of, of conquests. Um, I'd love to hear what you would think. Uh, so, anyway, thanks so much for listening. Uh, like I said, my Fire Emblem experience is most likely, more than likely, uh, not the experience you had, uh, so, um, thanks for indulging me. Thanks for listening to me talk about it, um, in such a weird order that I played them. Uh, so anyway, uh, I gave you my social medias already. Uh, I'm going to start doing more of these podcasts. So, uh, if you have any feedback for me there, I, I, they're kind of for my benefit, but also I want them to be entertaining for you. If, if that would make it a lot more rewarding, I believe. And I want them to be entertaining for you if you if you are listening to them. So if you have any feedback on those areas, make sure to leave me a comment in, uh, or a review on iTunes or wherever you, you listen to your podcasts. I'd really, really appreciate it and love to know that you're listening. So until next time, I will see you later. And it's time to tip the scales. <laughs>